As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello, Meg Linehan here, and welcome to day one of the Olympic tournament and our second Olympics edition podcast here at Full Time with Meg Linehan. My fellow writer, Steph Young, is here and equally as sleep deprived, and we are ready, well, as ready as we can be, to discuss this morning's stunning 3-0 loss to Sweden for the U.S. Women's National Team, plus the rest of the first match day in Japan. Before we get into it, subscribe to The Athletic for all of our women's soccer coverage and beyond. There's always a deal for you at theathletic.com slash full time. Let's go right to Steph. We we just have to start with Sweden. We have to start with Sweden three, USA zero. Um, Sweden doing the thing, first of all. Sweden very much outplaying the US women's national team in pretty much every single sense on Wednesday. Um, So I think our big debate this morning on Slack so far has been, okay, was it tactics? Was it the U.S. Women's National Team honestly playing like shit? Or was it both? Have we... It was both. It was both. Yeah. Why not both? Yeah. Which I'm in the middle of doing a little write-up on it and hopefully... (laughs) You'll read that as well as listening to this podcast. But the one thing I'll say is actually the more I process it, the better I feel about it. Not that we lost. Not that the United States lost in, and lost in style <laughs> to Sweden. But just that when you talk about the tactics and them playing like shit, the playing like shit thing is fixable. Mm-hmm. The playing like shit thing, which we can you know maybe unpack a little bit, it's like... Lack of urgency. Seems like everybody needed an energy drink or something, or they mismanaged the load, or they came into this with some kind of weird opening game mentality. Something was just not there. Um, And like not there across the board, too. Like it wasn't just like it was everyone. (laughs) And then the tactics. If I, 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 Vlad goes the kind of guy you're like, okay, he could probably adjust to that. Um, 
you know, he'll watch footage of the New Zealand-Australia game, which is currently finishing out. The Ferns actually just scratched one back in Australia, but, like, New Zealand... Okay, here's the thing with Lindsay Horan, where, you know, she's been asked to play the six recently, but she got exposed against Sweden, where... You know, you look at that starting 11 before the game, you think, okay, that's his first choice starting 11. It's pretty strong. And then when you play them, you realize, oh, Lindsey Horan <laughs> hasn't really been tested at that position. Like, not really. Yes. 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 And so I think Courtney Stith made a, a very interesting point during the first half, too, of just could there have been a first half adjustment where you flip Sam Mewis into the six and you let Haran press further up the field. I don't know if there's anything saving that midfield in the first half. I mean, you tweeted about this, but I think everybody watched that one moment, like, you know, 25-ish minutes in where Roosevelt had the ball and she, you could see the frustration of just like, where is everyone? What are my options, right? We finally have the ball. We haven't turned it over. I get into some space and then there's nowhere, there was one player in front of her. It was, I think, Alex Morgan. Yeah. And then everybody else is just dragging behind her. It's like, when she took off, I know Rose is fast with the ball at her feet, but when she took off, where were you guys? <laughs> like, were you just afraid? Were you were you afraid to come out of your little turtle shell? <laughs> what? Where was the coordination? But at the same time, like we said, like, that's not a hard thing to fix. Mm-hmm. It's not some mystery where they're like, what's going on here? It's just like, guys, come on. Yeah. Also, as we are recording, they are showing the highlight package again from this game. And I will say, like, I don't think I need to see disappointed Carly Lloyd spitting on quite the repeat that we are getting this morning in every halftime show and every postgame show. Anyway, so, I mean, in terms of Sweden, though, I think one of the big things was, and we saw this in April in the friendly, right? Like set pieces were going to be really key. But I think the other lesson that probably could have been taken away from that match in April where, and this is where I get a little more concerned is, I mean, they earned a corner kick into that like 20 something seconds into that match in April. And we saw very early on today that they were picking up corner kick after corner kick after corner kick. And it took a a while for it to pay off for them, but the second goal coming via corner kick, but I mean, it wasn't honestly either just corner kicks too. I mean, they were making runs through the defense. They found pretty much every seam, available to them through the back line, tons of pressure, forcing turnovers, forcing errors that are not characteristic of the national team. Again, I just think it was a very comprehensive performance from Sweden. Yes, the way they played it out, they looked like they had numbers up everywhere they were on the field. Overloads everywhere. Everywhere they were able to do a 2-1-1, 3-1-2, just, yeah. So... Um, I think things changed a little bit with the Julie Ertz sub. I'm not saying that she fixed all their problems because, once again, it wasn't just Lindsay Horan was getting marked out of the game, right? Everybody was to some degree ineffectual. But, and I was telling some friends this, at least Julie Ertz managed to change the energy because before Lindsay Horan was like, oh, no, I'm trapped in here with Kosovar Aslani. And then Julie Ertz... (laughs) Flipped it to like, no, you're trapped in here with me. Yes. <laughs> Which is at least a slight improvement. I, I mean, I do think, and I, I just recorded as well with the UK folks over on the offside rule. And, and one of my 
one notes was just like, if there is a silver lining we can really take away from this game, it's, you know, everyone kind of had big question marks around Julie Ertz heading into this game. And if nothing else, the energy was there. You know, she got in a couple of good tackles and all that kind of stuff. So, but in terms of, yeah, the ineffectiveness, I thought Tobin Heath in particular was a, a bit frustrating and felt like a real regression in terms of decision-making. And that was a real struggle for me in the first half where her form obviously in the send-off games against Mexico looked extremely promising. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, between decision-making, but also then two efforts off the posts, they go on a halftime thinking, okay, like actually maybe it's a small miracle that we are only down one instead of down three. And then we, we got goals two and three by the end. Do you want to hear a really like wretched stat? <laughs> sure. So, uh, you might already follow this account, NWSL Analytica, great mm-hmm. account. Um, he tweeted the United States had no successful crosses yep. up to the substitution of Megan Rapino and Tierna Davidson. Yep. That, I mean, and again, like I, the laundry list of things that went wrong, uh, is, is we're in double digits probably <laughs> in terms of, you know, I think one of the really interesting things, I think as we were watching the game and talking through the game, both like with our editor, Brooks Peck and Slack, but also Sandra Herrera, um, Body language was also really interesting, and it wasn't just Rose Lavelle, right, with that kind of frustration, is they panned to Vlako Andonovsky on the bench, and I feel like that's really one of the first times. Like, he might have been just kind of sitting there watching, but that was that was definitely new and different. I think, obviously, he's not used to losing with the U.S. Women's <laughs> National Team at this point. He is now. Um, but it it is definitely, you know, I think... A lot of us look to the rare loss for the national team as a learning experience. And now the there was no adjustment in game. They got beat from minute one to minute 90. So my, my one warning about trying to read someone's facial or body language is I think they've done studies or like tried to do an experiment where they show people like, um, somebody's face and they are like I, I think it's in the context of acting or something where they're like is this person like what is this person acting out and it's like a completely neutral face but you can influence yeah. what the person thinks the face is telling you by like kind of subtly giving them context or like hinting to them and then they're like oh this person's clearly sad or like you know the acting is coming through the eyes like all this inner turmoil but apparently it's like an acting technique where they're like just make a blank face and then the inform like the context of the scene will inform the emotions that people take out of your performance which is the same thing like same concept here but on the flip side yeah he did look worried (laughs) yeah so i i guess now the question becomes you know, there were a lot of words being tossed around. You know, everyone everyone was up very early here in the U.S. or up very late in the U.S. to watch this game. I've seen a lot of adjectives thrown around to, um, to discuss this result. You know, humbling, embarrassing, stunning. I've used it dismantled a lot because I feel like they really were truly picked apart in many effective fashions by 
by Sweden, but I guess let's try to put it in context, not yet knowing the next result. Educational? We hope, right? Yeah. That's like the best outcome is that yeah. it is educational. Yeah. Um, I think after this, they're going to be watching that New Zealand-Australia game pretty closely. It's New Zealand next, right? Mm-hmm. Like, New Zealand, so- yep. I'm very sorry to the football ferns who are putting up a, a bit of resistance, like we said, against Australia. But the defending on 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 the goals that Australia scored on them, mm-mm. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Yeah. I just, I just wonder, you know, I think that's also the struggle of group stages sometimes is like, if you get your toughest opponent first and then you get like the real kind of downshift, right? Like, first of all, we have to, we're going to need to be looking to make sure that the team doesn't downshift as well or play down, but then you also have to get back to a higher level for Australia potentially as well. Um, But Sweden being first is a really... You know, I thought that there was maybe some advantage to that because you come in at full stride and you're able to to put out your best 11 and then get that one out of the way. And instead, they're in a very different position. I mean, Sweden is in full control of this group at this point, right? Right. I'd say that's correct. Sweden <laughs> looks, they look fantastic. And I think in terms of, you know, and we'll get to the other results of today, but if you want to talk about a result that maybe has that extra meaning of like, here's our statement win, right? Like, yes, Brazil has a big win today. Netherlands have a big win today. Team GB, Australia, both getting some wins. But in terms of like statement win, I think Sweden has the case for, hello, we're sitting in the best position after Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, if you ask people to rank their likely gold, silver, bronze outcomes, I think you would have seen probably a, a giant shift <laughs> after this game. Yeah. But not that Sweden was ever out of like the top, you know, three or four teams in consideration anyway. It's right. just kind of reordered things a little bit. Right. Right. So, yeah, it just also, it, it does change maybe the look of the path through knockouts now too, because obviously you go from if you're winning the group to playing the third place group, or if you're coming in second place to now playing the winner. I was uh, um, tracing possible USA Canada <laughs> paths <laughs> because I love pain. Right. Um, How's that looking? I can't remember anything. I've been <laughs> awake since 2 p.m. yesterday. It's now 9.30 in the morning the next day. Oh, no. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's going to be a struggle. All right. So, I mean, there's there's also plenty of time for us to figure out what this knockout path is going to look like in future episodes. But let's move on <clears throat> to some of our other results. Team GB actually starting us off this morning to nil victory over Chile. Kim Little. She's a boss. And I'm still not over her not playing in the United <laughs> States anymore. It's been years. Years. Yeah. Like probably children have been born in the time that she's gone and they're like walking and talking now. And I'm still like, maybe she'll come back someday. Like, <laughs> Laura Harvey's you- back at the rain now. Like that could happen, right? Yeah. 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 It's like it's it's like when you're a kid and your parents tell you like the family pet went somewhere. <laughs> Where they could went upstate, where there's yeah. room, they can run, to run around. Yeah, and like it's like, oh well, I see, you know, sunshine someday, and they're like, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Was there anything? I mean, Ellen White's second goal with the scissor kick effort was pretty fantastic. Like I at that point had three screens going, where I had Team GB on the iPad, I had USA on the the television and Brazil on the laptop. So like I was trying to follow three things at once and I happened to glance over right as that was happening. And I was like, well then, that sure was a goal. (laughs) Honestly, what I took more out of that game was that Chile's midfield is dire. Like they just, they had nothing against GB for a lot of that game. Um, GB just kept pulling them, like stretching them out and then being like goodbye and bypassing them completely. And they just did it over and over again, like a little accordion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I will. It's going to be interesting to see team GB up against some of these other squads to see if they can kind of basically clone that method into stretching other teams apart. I mean, I think that's going to maybe be a little bit, tougher with some of the other teams in this competition but yeah i mean good good start yeah chile looked a little slow maybe not the uh fitness that's not gonna keep up over you know the group stage in this weather so yeah we'll see all right so next up brazil five china zero china that was a rough rough start for them but Brazil, Marta scoring in her fifth Olympics. Um, the third goal in that game was also from Marta and was a pretty solid. I don't, I don't know if that goal gets scored against some of the other teams, but still, I mean, I think this is where, you know, you need to see some big results get put up when you're facing a team like China and to see Brazil kind of clicking on all cylinders offensively, Dabinha playing a pretty important role that team creating a lot of havoc as expected. Right. So, you know, honestly, I don't know if there's like a huge amount to say about this game beyond that's pretty much exactly what we should have been seeing out of Brazil. If Brazil have the intention of going far in this competition. Mm -hmm. This was another one where kind of it answered a question mark about China as like the losing team, as opposed to the winning team where we're like, Ooh, China had some roster shakeups from qualification to this one. Got a lot of young and experienced players, and it's like, well, <laughs> they got a lot of young and experienced players. And meantime, you've got fifth, fifth-time Olympian Marta. <laughs> yeah, on and you've field. got Formiga. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Seven-time Olympian. Right. Yeah, it is. 
but still, like, I do like seeing, you know, obviously Brazil was not pushed into a huge amount of defending today, but to see that sort of cohesiveness, right, in terms mm-hmm. of a attacking point of view, that is very encouraging, obviously. You know, looking at that and going like, oh, I wish we had that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, even if the goal was quote-unquote easy, you can't underestimate the mental benefit of knowing that you can score. Like, right. I imagine, for example, Alex Morgan is very frustrated at the moment. And the longer you go without scoring, sometimes the harder it is for you to score, and then it just becomes this thing. And so sometimes, even if it's the easy tap-in, just mentally knowing that you can do it, it's like the four-minute mile thing, right? Where there's this mental barrier... And people are like, oh, it's impossible. And then some dude did it. And then like a thousand other people did it after. It's kind of the same thing with scoring. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we even saw that with Alex Morgan in NWSL, right? Like just getting that first goal all the way. And then they were immediately following, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there is something to that. Morgan didn't have like a huge amount of chances today. I mean, I know that we, I just circled this right back around to the national team. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, I definitely think that there is something mental to just getting the first goal, getting that first result out of the way, especially after that opener. So, I mean, it's good for Brazil, good for, I mean, some of these other teams getting some some pretty positive results. Let's move on to our only draw of the day, which is actually kind of interesting considering I feel like in group stage we get a little caginess sometimes. But Canada won, Japan won. Steph, Canada expert, what say you? Canada, not... Finishing off an opponent and pulling away in a game where they can and should have, it's more likely than you think. (laughs) This is exactly what Bev Priestman was, like, cautioning against and what she's kind of trying to, like, grab the team by the scruff of the neck and yank them away from this habit where they they had a 1-0 game and they can't score um, except for Christine Sinclair when it was kind of a defensive oopsie from Japan as well. Um... You know, their head coach, Takagura, mentioned that they were passive in this game and they kind of let Canada physically take the game to them a little too much. But, you know, they, they came back in the end. The Mane Obuchi goal is nice. Yes. It's nice. Yes. And the <laughs> the fun thing is also it's a direct goal for Japan as well. It's like one big ball to Iwabuchi and like a touch or two and then bing, bing, boom. Yep. So... Yeah, I I think it's typical. It's typical of Canada. Um, it wasn't the best performance Japan's capable of. And it's... <laughs> yeah, if Canada's going to get out of group, they're going to scrape through group by, like, you know, some ties and uh, maybe a, a 1-0 win that technically puts them through. Right. That's what it's looking like now. All right. Well, another fun first day effort, I guess, for... <laughs> I mean, I think Japan will be really interesting to watch again. I just, you know, obviously that goal was kind of this direct approach. But, yeah, Canada really did, you know, own huge chunks of that game. And so to not finish. But also, I mean, it does give Japan now perhaps some sort of path to maybe a more favorable draw. I guess we'll... We'll, we'll see how it goes for them. All right, moving on to Netherlands, Zambia, <laughs> with uh, American football scoreline of 10-3. to 3. Um, 
This was one that I watched less of simply because of the competition of three overlapping games. But every time I checked in on the score, there was another goal. <laughs> we had dueling hat tricks. Stuff. did you watch more of this game than I did? No, because all the games overlapped, which yep. it's awful, right? It's, it's, you know, we talk a little bit about, remember in the round table with uh, Katie, we talked about like the Olympics being a platform that can help spur the development of the game. And then you look at the scheduling, it's like, oh, they don't care. <laughs> We're just getting these games in. Yeah, just bing, yep. just churn, churn the games out. Um, so no, I did not get the chance to really watch uh, Netherlands, Zambia. But I feel like when you see 10-3, that's kind of environmental storytelling. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay, so the dueling hat tricks, Viv Miedema and uh, Barbara Banda on, on Zambia's part. And I mean, I think, you know, having done a little prep work on Zambia, I was very interested to see kind of their overall approach. I mean, there was there was real confidence coming in from the, them in this tournament. This was the first time they'd ever played a team from Europe in, in major competition. So going up against Netherlands, right, who won Euros, came in second, in the 2019 World Cup, like that is not an easy matchup. And I am sure the expectations for Netherlands were to have a clean sheet Mm -hmm. in this match. And so having one player score three goals on the Netherlands is a really interesting outcome for me. Yeah. Midama hat trick, 29 minutes. Yep. But um, when you... Look at okay, so you look at ten three, right? You think by the time someone has scored a hat trick on you within thirty minutes, it would take the wind out of your sails. But I think it's an incredible like advertisement for Zambia as a program that you know, they were still playing their game and coming back to score three, you know, over ninety minutes in a game where they got scored on in double digits by ten. They're like, Okay, um, you know, we're not going to turtle up and just try to uh, mitigate the damage. Um, we're here. We might as well play. You know, mm-hmm. we know we're not going to win. But so so let's just let's just work on our game. Let's get some goals. Let's have fun. You know, so like we say, every single time there's one of these blowout results, you always hope that the Federation looks at that and realizes we have to invest more, not less. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and Minima ended up with four goals, which actually ties an Olympic record for um, Bridget Prince, who's the only other player to score four in one Olympic game. And that came back in 2004. So not necessarily kind of an expected 
thing <laughs> by the time 2021 rolls around. Um, yes. So Netherlands, obviously a team to keep an eye on. I mean, I think that they were always going to be up in the mix for contention for gold anyway, but not necessarily the first like real test for them in this tournament. And then we got to close out with Australia and New Zealand. And again, some fight from New Zealand at the end there to score one, but Australia two, New Zealand won the final in our final match of Wednesday. I know in our notes you had written, Kerr is the obvious target. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you watch the game, right, you have Sam Kerr, and they're clearly trying to pump a lot of balls through her. And then, you know, that the second goal, that header that she just kind of like really nicely boops into the goal. Like, it's so deceptively easy looking, but like... (laughs) Yeah. If I try, if someone whipped a ball at me one thousand times, literally one thousand times, I don't think I would manage that goal. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, and and it's not just the goals either. Multiple times, Australia, particularly through Kerr, you know, would make that run into the box. And where was New Zealand's defense? Like, I don't know. Like. It, Sometimes yeah. Kerr would make like the late run from outside the box on, on the service, the set piece or the cross. And New Zealand was just like, oh, who's this? <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> Who are you? What are you doing here? New friends. <clears throat> and so like, like you said, or like we discussed, you know, first games, you're kind of settling down, getting feel for things, maybe tightening things up. So maybe New Zealand won't be so distressingly open on mm-hmm. the defense. But, you know, against the United States national team that is coming out of a game really mad and, like, wanting to prove a point. And, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm already just like, ooh, I'm so sorry, New Zealand. Like, it's not personal. It's just you, you really pulled <laughs> the worst straw for this one because... I don't think it's going to be super pleasant. But also, yes, that cohesiveness of the New Zealand backline. I mean, even Abby Ursag, who I think, you know, we expect better from knowing her performances in the NWSL with the North Carolina Courage. Like, Caitlin Ford was super open on some of these plays in the box. Like, it, part of it, too, though, is that New Zealand has not really gotten any time together because of the pandemic and also Abby Ursig and Allie Riley came to camp late. Obviously there was that big story with Tom Sermani getting very heated about them not being released by NWSL team. So, I mean, there's a lot kind of stacked up against New Zealand right at the moment. And then to now add in a very, very pissed off U S national team for game two. I just don't, I just, I'm sorry in advance. I hope New Zealand can still welcome us into their country and, <laughs> Two summers. It does make me think, like, what if USA New Zealand had been the first game, and then US plays Sweden, right? Maybe yeah. USA New Zealand. I would still expect the United States to win for all the factors you just mentioned. Some of them are entirely beyond New Zealand's control. It's not their fault. Um, but you know, maybe they pick up a good win against New Zealand. They get warmed up, and then they play Sweden. Is it the same result? Maybe, actually, honestly, because you play New Zealand, once again, it's the same problem. Yeah. Lindsay Horan in the sex position, 
she never really has to do like half of the job of the six and she can spend all her time against this other team just creating you know, yeah creating, creating offensively yeah, yeah. no I, I i you know obviously that would be uh a fundamental change from how it played out but i do think that to be fair like sweden was just you know we we discussed this a little bit in our in our rivalries piece too like Sweden is particularly well matched to the U.S. national team, especially over the past five years. But, I mean, you look at also the results that Sweden have gotten against Flacco and Donofsky, and I think that they also just spent what I think feels like a lot of time watching film on the U.S. women's national team and Mm -hmm. truly figuring out, okay, if we put the overloads on this side, how do we pin back their outside backs so that way they cannot get momentum up the wings, right? Um, depending on who they play as forwards, there might not be a lot of, you know, basically defending from that front line all the way back. I think that played out today too. It's just, I I think kind of no matter which way it shakes out, there was probably a real recipe for the Sweden game to be this rude awakening. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's better that it happened this way. I mean, I mean, I think that's that's the hope, right? Like, that's kind of like, where we're at. If the United States washes out a group, it's nothing's better that happened anyway, no matter what. Right. But, you know, if they do end up advancing deeper into the tournament, maybe it's better that it happened this way. But you know what? I could also be trying to rationalize to myself. Like, y- you know how against all available evidence, sometimes you'll try to tell yourself that a situation is good because if it's bad, then you have to admit that things are bad and that maybe you messed up. Yeah. Not to be too deep about it. <laughs> yeah. It's a self-defense mechanism. Right. So if people are listening to this and cringing and being like, you Americans, you always think like, you know, you're going to win in the end. Like, not necessarily. It's part of it could be just self-delusion. Yeah, it's kind of like, so are we the lobster in the pot and the water is starting to turn up and we don't actually know what's incoming yet? Or <laughs> are we maybe in a tank somewhere swimming happily along and safe for now? <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, the problem is now is just that they have made it more difficult for themselves in the long run, right? Like yeah. Yeah. It, it went from you know, heading into this tournament thinking, okay, here's the path. And now the difficulty knob has been turned up a notch. And it's not just that you have to get results out of New Zealand and Australia, which feels doable, but you also have to hope for maybe Sweden to stumble somewhere along the lines to maybe get back a little bit more in control, which does not feel likely after today. But then assuming that they finish second in group, the difficulty gets turned up because you're facing the winner of another group. And so it's not that they're not capable of doing it, but they have just simply made the entire process more difficult. I think if I'm a bench player and I see that, um, I'm thinking this could be an opportunity. Not to be too cutthroat about it, but, you know... If, if Vlatko's going to be like, okay, I need to adjust my tactics and then combine with I need to rotate my roster to rest people as well. I don't know. Congrats, Lynn Williams, Golden Boot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you know, Christy Mew is coming into that match late. Um, 
not a huge amount of, again, you know, not really anyone covering themselves in glory, but also coming in as a sub. Julie Ertz was really the only one that kind of felt like, oh, okay, a difference has been made, but also that difference went from like a three out of 10 on the performance <laughs> to like a 4.5 out of 10. On the right. Per- like it was right. really just like, we're making things incrementally better. So now I guess the question, and, and this was something I also raised um, earlier today was just, you know, I think that we were probably expecting to see rotation in this match against New Zealand. And now the question becomes, do you go for that probably planned rotation, Right. The same way they did in 2019 World Cup against Chile, rotating some players in, being able to get the whole team involved, get everyone kind of set and ready to go into later games. Or do you now basically take what you think is your best 11 and send them into New Zealand and get whatever the Sweden result is out of their heads and say, please go crush someone. It's your turn to crush someone, get the confidence, get the goals, and we'll be golden. this is why i would never want to the all the sports psychology of it it just feels like you know they they know and now you know that they know and now they know that you know that they know you know and so you're trying to play (laughs) some kind of like balancing act of like who knows what and and how and when and i i just don't have the brain for that i'm very small and I don't have a lot of money, and I'm just trying my best. All right. Well, on that note, we will leave it. Both of us have have some stories to write in terms of still trying to process what was... Uh, let's maybe go with unexpected. An unexpected result. Okay. That feels nice and neutral. <laughs> Unless you were a Sweden fan, and then maybe they were like, I expected this. Like, F you, Yankee. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, honestly, I don't know. It it a team truly like blowing out the US women's national team. I feel like A, we've been waiting for it in a major tournament for a while. So it really only has been a matter of time. But also like be good for Sweden. Like enjoy it. Truly. Yeah. yeah. It it should feel extremely satisfying. And again, it had to be Sweden. <laughs> like that that was that was one of if we if we have like multiple narrative threads for this in terms of like no one's won a World Cup and Olympics back to back, and then <laughs> like all of the Rio redemption stuff, but then Sweden being in the group stage is is major narrative number three. It had to be Sweden. Yeah, you know what? It's my fault. I was like, yeah, they won the World Cup. It takes a sting out of it. The Olympics were delayed, so who cares about back-to-back? And it was like, they do. They, the players do. <laughs> they extremely do, especially now. So, hey, but it, you know what? If, let's say, we're, we're not lobsters boiling away in our pots yet and this whole thing turns around, this is going to make one hell of a narrative story. <laughs> From coming to that opening game to a result. So now we just get to wait and see what direction we're going in. Still rooting for USA Canada. (laughs) All right. On that note, let's get to work. 
Thank you again for tuning into our Olympic coverage here at Full Time with Meg Linehan. And thanks to Steph for her time today, especially since we both still have to file stories following this game. One quick reminder, we are dropping preview episodes before every single match day, then releasing longer shows after the games every single match day. So make sure you subscribe to Full Time now on your podcast platform of choice so you get them as soon as we publish them. You can follow all of our Olympic coverage at The Athletic, and you can support that women's soccer coverage by subscribing at theathletic.com slash full-time. Again, full-time does not exist without the work and support of senior podcast producer Michael Zimmerman. I'm Meg. Thanks for listening, and I will be back with you on Friday to preview the second day of group stage games. Mm-hmm.